0: what is up vikings fans welcome to the locked on vikings postcast brought to you by game time today the vikings lose final score what was it 34 to 28 in a game that both did and didn't feel like the score was lying to you (laughs) like it felt like they did both better and worse than the score I, i think the easy headline is uh four lost fumbles could have been a fifth were it not for a fortuitous uh, offsides penalty, really, really bad run defense, and everything else actually went pretty well. It was just two things going so extremely bad that they took over the game. But maybe you guys disagree with me. So let's start this the way we always start these Locked On Vikings live postcasts, which of course you can always find at the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel. And if you miss it, you can still catch it there. Or you can catch the audio on Locked On Vikings. Uh, Sam, what is your headline of the day? Is it one of those two things or is it maybe something else?
1: Seeing regression happen before our eyes. We're seeing the fumble recovery luck go all the wrong way. Philadelphia falls on every fumble. The Vikings give it away at at very inopportune times. We're seeing the one possession game regression that we all feared. They're now now 0-2 in one possession games. Um, The run defense, to me, is the most disappointing part of the night, even more potentially than the fumbles and the sloppiness early in the game. I just never felt like there was a chance they were going to get a stop in the second half. They could not stop the run. What's the final number? 254 rushing yards, something of the sort, 260 on the ground, uh, and well over five yards per carry as well. Really, really disappointing the way that they did start pretty well on defense and then got dismantled as the game went on. Going to have to see more from that interior defensive line. But, uh, Ron, what's your headline? My headline
2: is uh, four turnovers. When you think about the four turnovers, I think that's the game. You lose by six points, you have four turnovers. It felt like the Vikings should have been losing 40 to 10. Like, it it just felt like an Eagles blowout at points. And then you look up at the score and you're like, wait, they're still in this. And then in that second half, maybe, and kind of really third quarter, the Eagles kind of started to really take over. And it felt like this is the Eagles that we've seen make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Vikings, I mean, it sucks to say this, but to lose to the Vikings or the Eagles by six, and they have four, and not like simple—these were crucial turnovers. Like Justin Jefferson's turnover is going to go down in NFL history, of maybe the reason why they changed that rule. That seem that to me still is surely the eventually rule ever. <laughs> Justin, Je- like I feel like stardom or star stars change the rules in the game. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. get hit, they change it. A guy like. Aaron Rodgers makes the whole NFL right now want to get grass fields. I think Justin Jefferson's on and on a national stage to see that happen and be like the Vikings should have been on the one-yard line at that point and then been able to score. I think that's going to change that rule. But, yeah, four, four huge turnovers. You got Brandon Powell on a big return, fumble. You got Alexander Madison, fumble. You got Kirk Cousins, strip sack, fumble. And then you got Justin Jefferson, fumble. I mean, it's just – it, it it's just one of those things where you just sit back and then Alexander Madison fumbles it into the, the game, which thank mm-hmm. God there was a, a an offside. So it was just one of those games where you look back and you say, I really can't believe they lost by six.
0: There's a couple things, too, um, with with regard to regression. Fumble luck is a thing, right? The ball is is funny shaped and you don't get to predict where it bounces. Every single one of those bounced directly to an eagle. Like it couldn't have yeah. been more of easy fumble recoveries. We can expect that to regress, as much as that is a tough sell for Vikings fans. As much as we heard last year about it'll finally regress, it'll finally regress. Well, we get to say that on the other side too, right? <laughs> um, True. But re- regression doesn't mean if you're zero and seven in fumble luck, you get to be seven and zero in fumble luck. It means you can expect average fumble. You can expect three and three, four and four in fumble luck. Uh, and on a grander scale, okay, zero and two and one score games. Now uh, that's bad. That's that. That means that you did stuff wrong. Um, And as much as I was last year saying, hey, I know they're all close games, but they're winning them and they deserve credit for it just because this is a one score game. uh, There's part of me that wants to say moral victory. You played the Eagles tough. And there's another part of me that wants to say, screw you. You fumbled four times. You don't deserve to win.
1: Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that you've gotten these two cousins performances with with the turnover warts, certainly, interception last week and then the, the fumble this week, um, but you've gotten really strong Kirk play. Um, and generally speaking, you win those games. When Kirk Cousins is that effective, when he's getting the ball to Justin Jefferson the way he is, um, really hanging in there against pressure that got to him early. And last year, he melted mm-hmm. under that pressure as the game went on. And this year, he seemed to really stand up to it. Um, and I know the Eagles probably weren't bringing everything at him when they were up by 20, but you know, he did continue to pile up yards, even when the Eagles defense was certainly trying a little harder later in that game. So I, I give him a lot of credit and to waste, you know, two performances with, you know, 350 ish yards both weeks. That's pretty disappointing.
0: It it was a good Kirk game. I, I think I still need to put the chaos meter in the red, just on a vibes thing. You know, it's just, the, the the it infected everybody else. There's still too much chaos, you know. But it's a chaos meter, not a quality meter. Was a good game. No,
2: this thing about Kirk Cousins though, and I, and I agree with Sam on that. Kirk Cousins actually is stepping up in the pocket. He's actually yeah. trying Moving to look down little. the field, and I think that's the key. The one of Jordan Addison last year, maybe not last year. Last year was pretty good. Two years ago. He probably would have stepped up into the wrong guy, maybe got a little nervous and threw the ball out of bounds or checked it down. He felt like, you know what, if I can just get through this hole, I know Jordan Addison's down there. I know the route concept we have called is going to work, and it's working. Jordan Addison clearly in two games to show that first-round pick was worth it. The problem is you have no tackles. Your guards are getting absolutely murdered. The best news you're not gonna have to play the Eagles anymore. And so when you look at Jalen Carter, you look at uh all those guys, and by the way, that Jalen Carter uh comment made by the commentators, like Jalen Carter's a really good guy. I can't believe he slipped to the ninth pick. Oh, yeah, because he, he's going to jail possibly and he has like convictions and he has like a couple lawsuits. I'm like really weird. Why are you doing it was like super weird timing to bring up that he has a couple lawsuits like hanging over his head? I'm like whoa like i feel like that was like a, a a key and peel skit where they're like you know this guy it was adopted uh and, and he lived on the streets for seven months and his parents are like no he we didn't we're, we're right here we lived over we lived we lived in edina like what are you talking about you know like it's it's just one of those things where the moments of that game but the defensive line i don't i don't know if the vikings would have to face one that good again for a while like i think that was a good test for them and the test show you failed. Like, you, the guys were picking the wrong guys. Ole Udo was clearly overmatched. Uh, hopefully, Christian Dare saw it was just he needs the rest, so he'll have another 10 days before they have to come back. Um, but at the end of the day, that Eagles team is good. Or, sorry, the Eagles defensive line is good, and the Vikings offensive line needs to work on communication. They also need to watch Lane Johnson. He gets off the ball so early mm-hmm. that he's getting a chance to get back. Ole Udo was getting off the ball a half second late. Josh Sweat was ahead of Oliudo Udo on the snap count, which should not happen.
0: Well, and it might be a moot point with Oli Udo suffering a knee injury, getting carted off the field and further depleting that tackle. Definitely had David Questenberry finishing out the game, who I thought did fine.
1: Uh, But
0: Mm -hmm. next week, as much as it's not the Eagles D-line, I don't think there's anything like the Eagles D-line in the league. You still get Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack coming to town. Um, yep. and with, with a depleted tackle room. So we'll have to monitor Christian Darrisaw's ankle. He was active for the game available. in, I guess an emergency situation, but I guess they, uh, did not actually play him. Also, Marcus Davenport was active with his ankle thing. Um, he played one rep and then didn't play for the rest of the game. So I'm going to imagine that's them throwing him a bone on some kind of contract incentive thing that has to do with starts. Uh, but functionally still kind of waiting on his real actual debut, um, but I don't know if to... I've seen
1: that before. I've not, I don't know if I've ever seen two starters activated to not play. That I've was, that was different twice.
0: Two in the same yeah. game is a lot, but they did something similar with Riley Reef, uh, who w- missed a game. He had an incentive tied to playing all of the games and he missed one with COVID and they like honored it anyways, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to belabor the run defense thing too much. Cause it's just like, yeah, it was just like bad fix that but i kind of want to try to figure out like why and that'll be something that i look at a lot this week i'll probably make a lot of content about that because it's just interesting but like why could why was it so repetitively bad what adjustment could have been made could there have been an adjustment made and if so why wouldn't you make it um i my going theory right now is just the front that they were in they spent a bunch of time in like penny fronts with five on the line and just Ivan Pace or just one linebacker, whoever it was. And Deandre Strift just runs away from wherever that linebacker goes to fit. And then suddenly you have like a big bubble and you're waiting for a safety to go fill. You get five yards pop up and down the field, 15, 16 yards, yard plays. I mean, that's nasty. That's just embarrassing. The, the Eagles did not respect the Vikings calling plays like that. Just calling the same run over and over and over again and saying, well, you can't stop it. And I, the Vikings didn't earn that respect. So it's hard to be too mad.
1: Early first quarter looks from Flores have been awesome in both mm-hmm. games. I've loved the way the defense has come out in both games. Seems like they've been quickly adjusted on both weeks. And the sample size is so small. It's hard to know exactly what's going on. Baker Mayfield claimed he, he figured out the signs. Um, this time they just said, you're actually, you're stifling our pass game but hey, guess what we've got? We've got a killer run game. We've got a quarterback that can convert every single third and fourth and one. How frustrating is that? And they've got a deep stable of running backs. I mean, their starter is out and they've got DeAndre Swift stepping in, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott. Uh, Talk about a running back stable, man. And a lot of it between the tackles. Where's Dean Lowry? Where's Jonathan Bullard? Where's Harrison Phillips? Where's Kyrie's Tonga? That was supposed to be the big guy in the middle. I got to see more from these tackles and, and DNs. I think they all had bad nights just getting washed out. I don't know. What yeah, do think, I
2: think Luke's Luke. So, Luke, you made a great point about Brian Flores' is attacking defense to start. And I think Sam said that. But your question, to, and you'll watch it on film, uh, I think we'll all see it this week. What the Eagles figured out was when they are taking gaps because they drew it on the telestrator. Like this guy's coming here. Ivan Pace is coming here. This. They don't actually really contain or try to stop the run. They're getting skinny to go after the quarterback. Well, if you get skinny to go after the quarterback, I can just push you with your momentum, and then my running back is going to read it. And that's all he started doing. He just started doing like a zone read. Like, hey, when you get the ball, your track is going to be off A, B, or C. So whatever Mm -hmm. the track was, he followed the track, and then he waited for that guy to get washed out, and he went right to where he wasn't anymore and and at some point the vikings have to figure it out like when they when you identify run you have to either stop and then go back along the line you're on or you have to stop and collapse and they weren't collapsing i think pete burst i heard him pointed out that um daniel hunters which was a it was actually a pass but Jalen hurts got outside of him early i think that first the one uh hmm. josh Mitchell's got hurt same thing daniel hunter has to recognize they're rushing up the middle i don't need to crash Jalen Hurts is not going to release or escape us in the middle. He's going to escape us outside. So what do I need to do? I need to keep my outside arm free, and I need to press with my inside arm. He put both arms in and then tried to reach out late, and, and it's too late. And so the Eagles running backs are smart. Jalen Hurts is technically a running back in that situation, and they're smart. They're going to let you do what you do and then try to counter it, and I think that happened in the second half. Also, the Baker Mayfield, He's lying he's a liar like there's no way he figured out the signs like there are no defensive signs what he might have done which hats off to him is he's gotten with a coach in tom moore who had paid manning who understands how to teach like teach guys to learn defense i think he taught baker mayfield to realize if there's two high safeties it's probably cover two or four, Baker. <laughs> if there's one high safety, it's probably cover one or three, Baker. If there's no safety, it's probably, what's what's that? Zero defensive back. So what does that mean back there? It's right. zero coverage. So I, I honestly just think Baker never had a teacher to teach him some simple stuff. And I saw your video of of Josh Metellus playing the piano keys. I think <laughs> <Yeah>. what he's... <laughs> I think what he started to figure out was like, hey, I, I know their coverages now. So I know what they're going to do. He wasn't picking up. There's no defensive signs to guess a defense like it's just reading the coverage. And he he right. hats off to him. He did it, but he probably should have shut up and just said, hey, I started to figure out what coverage they were in and it helped me
0: like you didn't steal and any signs for whatever it's worth. All of the like super visible signs that the Vikings had in the first game. None of it this time. So they changed all of that up. Um, There are a couple of interesting things that could be taken away from this game, though, as we go into a little bit of a half buy. maybe some uh, changes on the depth chart. And I want to ask you guys about it. But first, this locked on Vikings podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is a place where you can get last minute tickets and you can find great deals. Look, if you're looking to maybe go to the Chargers game, go see Eric Kendricks homecoming. It's a little late to get a ticket. That might be hard to find a seat, but that is exactly what Game Time is for. They have all kinds of last second flash deals. And they'll give you pictures of those seats. So, I mean, look, not a bad, there's no bad seats in US Bank Stadium, but it's not just US Bank Stadium. It's uh, concerts, theater, other sports, basketball, baseball, all of that stuff. And you can look at your seat to make sure that you are happy with the view. You can go to GameTime uh, and use gametime.com or, or download the GameTime app today and use code NFL for $20 off. And they have a price match guarantee. If you find the same, Section in the same row. If you find tickets for cheaper, they'll give you one hundred and ten percent of your money back. So once again, that is called Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off the game time app. So um a couple of things that I, the chat of this live stream is absolutely cooking right now with people wanting to bench KJ Osborne and Alexander Madison. <laughs> um, KJ Osborne and Addison is really interesting in how they've been splitting time. And it's been interesting since we drafted Addison is okay. How is this going to work? Well, Addison breaks loose for a deep touchdown for the second week in a row. And KJ Osborne drops too. Is that momentum going to be enough for the Vikings to make a major depth chart ch- change? Or is that just overreacting in the moment? I well, say I-
2: Minnesota. Nice. I say Minnesota. Nice. I don't, I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, if they do do it, maybe week, four or five, because that's kind of when Justin Jefferson got his chance. That's when Stephon Diggs kind of late in the season got his chance. I don't know if it's just when you move here, you just become super nice. I truly believe any other organization that drafted Jordan Addison in the first round and after those two performances, and then, like you said, the performance of K.J. Osborne, they would start Jordan Addison. I just think the Minnesota Vikings just have a nice kind of feel about their organization. Uh, They don't ever want to really feel like anybody's been benched, quote-unquote. Um, but I would definitely see, or I hope to see Jordan Addison's usage go up.
0: And I think if yeah. that happens, it has more to do with Addison than Osborne. It's correct. I'm going to react to a couple drops with some like wholesale change. That's too much of a reaction, but look, man, Jordan. <laughs> well, maybe you will. Uh, <laughs> but what Jordan Addison has done, I think deserves more opportunity. I think it has more to do with that. I, either way, I'm super hyped on Jordan Addison. I'm very excited to see just how high he can climb as he gets more used to the speed of the NFL. The one yeah, thing I will say before ahead.
2: Sam goes, though, is K.J. Osborne twice now has mm. floated on that dig route. The one was the interception. Oh, really? If he, if he stays tight – if he stays flat or attacks the ball, he makes the catch on that same one going around. I know he didn't want to stay flat because he could probably see that defender coming, but you can't float away from the ball. Just kind of slow down, mm. catch it in that spot. And I hate to say this. I'm going to whisper it, but I can't whisper too low. Adam Thielen used to always come back to that ball and then make sure he had the catch and then kind of fall backwards like this after he caught it. It's, it's a learning experience. We know Adam Thielen has been in the league for, what, nine years now? So K.J. Osborne maybe hasn't had this much like time on the field. He'll learn those little things. But that's something I think Keenan McArdle is probably going to talk to him about. Because he's be like, look, this is the second time, dude. Now you floated away as the ball is coming. And that time it ended up behind him, which is the reason why he dropped it. If you slow down knowing, like, okay, it's in my window, let me just throttle down is what they say. Throttle down, slow your feet, catch it, and then go. And I think that's just, uh, he'll learn it. I think maybe it was just going a little too fast. He got a little too excited.
1: Well, take a look at the workload in week one. 58 snaps for Osborne, 36 for Addison. I would guess it's somewhat similar tonight. We'll have to wait till tomorrow to get the official numbers on that. We could see a shift more toward equal. um, But I do think that KJ Osborne has built enough equity over the last three seasons to earn a little longer leash than, say, B.C. Johnson did. Three years ago, KJ Osborne has proven to be a very reliable third down receiver that can make contested catches in tight windows. He's got good hands. We haven't seen that the first two weeks, but he's put a lot of it on tape. He's had some opportunities to make some really tough catches in the first two games that he has not made, but I think he's shown a track record of making those plays. The drops are bad. That's obvious. Like there's no excuse for that. And he'll make most of those plays going forward, I would think. Um, But Addison, taking the top off the defense two straight weeks, I think you're right, Luke. I think it is more about Addison, and I wouldn't be surprised if those reps become a little more equal. And let's face it, they're going to have a lot of three wide receiver sets. They're both going to play a ton. So what about at running back um, with Alexander Madison? I personally don't think
0: that the run game woes were on him as much as they were on the blocking. It's hard for me to get a good sense for that, though. Live, it just all moves so fast. I need to slow it down. I don't have that fast an eye. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it time to give Chandler more run? Is that the solve for this uh, run, run game? Is that even going to help?
2: Ron? Do I don't think? think so. I okay. think so, no. I, I think the offensive line is just not creating any type of, like, force. Like, it's, yeah. it, every time he touches the ball, somebody's in his lap. Every time he touches the ball, he has to put his foot in the ground. I've never seen him, except for maybe once or twice in the Bucks game, be able to go downhill. Um, it, just, like, it, it just did not seem like this offensive line has that will to want to run the ball. Like, the Eagles, Jason Kelsey, if you watch him, he wants to run the ball. Like, he wants to go punch somebody in the mouth. I just don't feel like – I think this offensive line is built to pass the ball. I mean, hmm. it, it, that's what it feels like. I mean, unless Christian Dariusaw's in there, you can run maybe a little bit more left. It doesn't feel like they have the guys. And then when they try to pull, last time he punched the ball out of Kirk's hand. So, you know, I don't know how you create it. You can't run more counters. You can't add – I mean, you could put C.J. Hamm in and go big and then just tell him you're running the ball, but that's not what Kevin O'Connell wants to do.
1: Rushing first downs. You see this stat 19 oh, no. for Philadelphia <laughs> Go- goose egg for Minnesota.
0: Disgusting.
1: Nothing. Yeah. I know they, they got 28 yards on the ground. And I think a lot of that came late when the Eagles were playing pass and the Vikings chose to get like seven yards on first down a couple times. Um, I mean, it's hard to make any grand judgments on eight Alexander Madison rushing attempts. what, what they attempted wow. to do with them early was absolutely not working. And the, the Eagles they, they got behind too, and yeah, game flow uh, impacted that. Eagles defensive line interior is absolutely brutal to block. Uh, so I guess I'm not—I'm not giving up on the run game for the year. Like I'd like to see a more balanced game where they can maybe do a little more. I thought—I thought last week was more of the indictment when last week they did have a chance to run it more and still couldn't do a very good job. But like didn't they draft Bradbury and Cleveland and O'Neill? Weren't these guys all meant to to be the run blockers in the Zimmer scheme? Or you know the Zimmer and the Kubiak Yeah, they're meant to be
0: the the, yeah. the finesse zone blockers. But if you're running, you know, something that
1: requires a little more push, that was always going to be something that you struggle with. The, yeah, the Eagles have maulers in like yeah. I, I pointed this out on Twitter, but when they're doing the sneak play, they don't need Hertz doesn't even need the pushers behind him because the line no, is they doing run, all move the work. people so hard. Why? out like two yards of real estate it's super impressive and makes me jealous
0: there's one other thing i want to quick touch on also somebody in the chat set gave us the snap count for uh, osborne and addison 56 to 40 osborne so he still did get more snaps there but impressive the that you have ball, that uh somebody uh, hoop, pulled it up yeah hoops, hoop's talk hoops talk 69 thanks buddy <laughs> But so in this game, Josh Metellus got a th- something in his shoulder. Uh, he came back later in the game, but while he was out, it wasn't Lewis Seen that came in. It was Theo Jackson, who then goes and gets an interception. So what do we make of all that? There's a lot to unpack there. For one, what does that mean for Lewis Seen? Is it just totally over? Was it like a different position technically? And maybe Scene is more of a backup Bynum while Metellus is, a, or is, is the starter with Theo Jackson as his backup. Is that just Cope? Uh, and by the way, Theo Jackson kind of played pretty well, except he did get smoked over the top on one. Uh, but other than that, kind of had a reasonable game. Maybe we just are insanely deep at safety. Uh, What sticks out to you guys?
1: Yeah, I I think that from what I saw in camp scene, didn't really have a settled home. They were, they started him as a deep safety early in camp, and then they started moving him in the box into more of that Metellus role, and they kind of want, these backup safeties, all to be able to do all of it, I think. Theo Jackson, though, was very much like apples to apples. He was doing the Metellus stuff all of camp. That was kind of his niche. So it made sense to me that he was the Metellus backup. But just seeing scene kind of passed over time and time again, it is a little bit concerning, um, especially when I saw them working him in the box a lot more later in camp. And they may- they must have deemed that Theo Jackson was the better option to do that stuff than, uh, than Louis Cien.
2: Yeah. I just think Louis Cien has been passed up. I think that's the truth. I think Theo Jackson uh, probably fits in whoever was going out. I think Theo Jackson was the next one. Um, Louis going to have to earn his way back. I think he has an opportunity. Uh, but as of now there's, that's the reason why they probably kept six. They like Louis Cien on special teams, but they like Theo Jackson to do what he did, which is come in
0: and make a play. There's so much more to unpack, honestly, about this one. We could talk about Harrison Smith. We could talk more about what Cousins did and all that. And we will do that all week on the Minnesota Football Party with Sam and Ron joining on Thursdays, of course, with me on Locked on Vikings. So for Ron Johnson and Sam Ekstrom, I am Luke Braun. Thank you all so much for hanging out live. And for those of you who listened afterwards, love you just as much. Talk to you all next time after the Chargers game on the Locked on Vikings postcast.